breakdown. Yo, 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 ha ha, yeah. You have now entered Squared Circle 101. You got your man, that Tartalian Stallion, Sunny Hill up in here. And we are here to discuss the sweet science. Now with me, RCF has got my man so pretty. He is now dating a hot chick in a lesbian relationship. How does it feel to be part of the LGBT community? Man, my I'm, man only, I'm only a part of some of it, man. Uh, just converting lesbians. He's always scissoring. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook.com forward slash Squared Circle 101 or on Instagram at Squared Circle 101. And we need some feedback at Squared Circle 101 at Gmail or talk a little smack to us on Twitter at Talking Smack 101. The champ is here. Now, we had champs fight this weekend. That's for sure. Man, we had what we've been waiting for basically we've... all year, man. So. And Christmas ain't over yet, but let's talk about RCF.com. You know what we're talking about. This is CrossFit. We support them. They support the show. If you're in Western Washington, just do the two-week trial. You get this, You get a show and a workout with my man Shooter being there. And, and for the fellas, it's not the place to hit on chicks, but there's still a good view to look at. It's a great view to look at, man. I'm not even going to lie, man. It was, that's all I'm going to say. In fact, man, I would love to be the big guy with just personality and a can-do attitude in there because it probably pull more in that, in that gym <laughs> than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Until you see the females lifting more than you. And then, 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 then it's like, right. joke's only going to get you so far until you start got to lift in some ways, man. Get that uh, callus on your hands. That's right. Yeah, you can only have personality for so long. That's right. But now that we're feeling good, man, what you got for me today? All right, man, got something simple, man. It's uh, not necessarily a quote, quote, but it reminded me of uh, what we had to do this morning. Because we're starting to record a little bit earlier today because of the stuff we got going on later in the day. So I actually had to do my first class at RCF today at 6 a.m. And man, there's I only could, two things that usually go on. It's usually seniors at breakfast, you know what I'm saying, or you're just coming home. Yeah, something like that. So um, when I ran across this, it reminded me of that. Um, because also, even last night, I had to stay up and uh, catch up on a couple fights to make sure we prepared. The cost of, it's like a cost of success checklist. Mm. Late nights, early mornings, very few friends, being misunderstood, feeling overwhelmed, Questioning your sanity and being your own cheerleader. So and it was just. I feel like that's only missing chicken and beer, and that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, the reason why I like that too is because I was up late last night, had to be up early this morning. It's uh, sometimes you really sit there and question, like, what are you doing? But the it's grind, a- the grind is what you. Don't appreciate until after you've reached the pinnacle of success or where you have, where you want to be. I like that. It's a good checklist to have because a goal is not a goal unless you really write it down. Yeah. And when you have a checklist like that, it's a good format to follow. I like that. That's a good key to victory right there. Yeah, that's, man, that's how so, you win. That's for sure. Yeah, man. So it's, it's, just, one of the, it's just like one of those reminders, man. It's just like what you're going through is just, just the basement, man. But that is the foundation of what whatever your empire is built on. So... That's right. Man, don't the, get discouraged, man. Stay grinding. Hey, stay low and keep firing. One of my favorite hey, lines. If the plan don't work, change the plan, not the goal, right? Hey, exactly. Man, we be coming with these quotes. Man, by like, I mean, by, I mean, by, baby. by episode nah, 200, dude. we're just going to become motivational speakers. <laughs> Hopefully for the right crowd of people, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But man, the sweet science blessed us this weekend. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It, it blessed us for... The fight that we wanted to see, but also at the same time is Canelo always has weak undercards, man. Like, I'm not a fan of uh, 
what Golden Boy what has Golden been Boy doing. And what he's been doing. He's lucky his main events are yeah. just so huge and he has the popularity of Canelo Alvarez and having somebody like that in his stable. I don't I, I can't stand his undercards, man. We're gonna go into that a little bit more. because um, there's some things I gotta add about that one too, because K two promotions on an undercard usually would have Chocolatito. We saw yeah. that ended out. But first let's talk about the World Boxing Super Series. Do you and wanna talk about the Super Series first? We're gonna talk about the Super Series first. Paying, uh, Oh, yeah, my we man, yeah. Raging Bull, Jake LaMotta, passed away today. Um, if you're hearing this on Thursday, it would have been yesterday. Um, fought Sugar Ray Robinson four times. Mm-hmm. Um, had a, Robert De Niro had a famous line in the movie. He said, you didn't knock me down, Ray. You never knocked me down. Uh, Michael Rappaport had a great podcast on this movie. It was a, on the 35-year anniversary. He had Martin Scorsese on there, Max Kellerman. Um, if you don't know who Jake LaMotta is, just look up the movie Raging Bull. It yeah. was a movie made in modern-day times, but yet filmed in black and white for that ambiance and setting. Joe Pesci. That's right. Yep. That's right. Hit me. Hit me harder. Hit me harder. Yeah, so um, rest in peace to the champ, former champ. That was actually what's funny is like I just literally posted um, – a video on our page on facebook.com forward slash square circle 101 on uh sugar ray robinson possibly the greatest fighter of all time the greatest seems boxer to of arguably all time. be yeah, the one by he's everybody gotta most be, i think he's going to be the one um but it, it went over it all of his feats and how he was able to come back and this dude rank how he reigned forever over 100 like that. wins yeah he, as a professional yeah, like 140 wins and stuff like that well, th- that just shows how like 19 losses but like he, it went over how he fought him for yeah. uh, jake lamada region four or five four times, times right? yeah now this just goes to show how this is when people were built to last versus kind of like nowadays how you know you got this generation growing up that's so sensitive the the um what is it the what they put on their hands everywhere the um, sanitizer. The san- yeah. You know, we have all these babies being dipped in sanitizer right now in this generation. But B- Bubble kids. Right? Jake Lomano died at 96. 96 years of age. And, he ta- and you're talking Junior about... Junior Seau didn't live that long. It, look, and we're talking about the a generation business. where they go through the prohibition, the Great the depression. depression. And then you're talking about they don't have CAT scans. They don't have anything talking about... Concussion. Pro- a concussion have, was they don't, they walking don't, off, hey, right? They, they don't have concussion protocols. Ninety six. Yeah, that's 96, crazy, man. I mean, back then, if you had a concussion, they were like, "Good, now we can talk you into going right back out there like it never you know, happened." Really, you know, it's a serious subject that we're talking about. But at the same time, is I don't even think they. Me personally, <laughs> was the concussion invented back then? Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was like, did they even have a concussion? Was what it called? Because I feel like pretty sure they blamed it on marijuana back then too. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of their uh, slander campaign propaganda. Oh man, I was reading it's something the myth. other day to have me died. It was like uh, they say marijuana was outlawed because it made white women want to sleep with black women, black men. Hmm. Probably and black women too, actually. <laughs> um, I want to know what the name of that strain of weed is, and uh, we should probably invest into it because I, I, I see a series coming on here, right? So Showtime after hours, maybe. Oh God! You know, we could we could expand our our franchise out there. We still keep SC one on one if you really think about it. Oh. But, but let's talk about that World Boxing Super Series. Let's talk about it. Man, they are off to a great start. Yeah. Because the Super Six tournament was a great tournament. Um, Andre Ward just pretty much dominated it. So we had a great fight with Usyk and, and Marco Huck. I'm listening. I'm listening. We had step away for a, second. a great fight with Callum Smith and Eric Skogland. Skogland? Skogland? Skogland. Two undefeated fighters. And this was, for some reason, a lot of people thought Callum Smith wasn't tested yet. 
and that Eric Skoglin was kind of overlooked and they thought as a better ta talent, um, Callum Smith looked really great. Great jab, great distance, controlled the fight. I love the I love the love the, the autism awareness on the back of his shorts. As we always mention. Now one of the things I'm a little confused on, I feel like I feel like in the UK and with a lot of these these fighters, I think we need to develop some more how can I say this without sounding too racist? Just say it, you're racist anyway. We need to get a group of black guys out there with some style to find <laughs> out how good these really these guys really are because the next fight we'll talk about Billy Joe Saunders really Monroe. Right? Okay. Because Callum Smith and Eric Oakland were just basically, they were two basic fighters to me. They really didn't have no, no crazy power, no crazy... No, no flash to No them. skill or talent that really made them stick out. Like, like, Canelo has great head movement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, Way the to slip punches. Thing, the only thing uh, Callum Smith really did was he applied a lot of the pressure. Mm -hmm. um, it was... He controlled the fight in the distance. It was sure. a... Typical boxing match. Yeah. Like, it was like if you have two average fighters yeah. and they're, they go in there to do it. Not necessarily even an amateur, because even the amateurs, they're not even professional, so they're not, they're not worried about yeah. reputation. They're not worried about uh, how they look or how they... And they they're still learning their discipline. They're still yeah. learning their discipline. So they're, going, so they're going heads up, and they're giving it their all. This was just two guys... Just boxing. Yeah. This is if you're if you're if you have a squares or a boxing one on one. This is a fight that you this, kinda, this, this is a fight, fight you that start you kinda, with right here. Yeah, you gotta start with man. Because so. nobody had anything like no wow factors in there that really showed that they separated themselves from every everybody else. So it was Eric Skoglin's first time uh, fighting at one sixty eight, the super middleweight. So he came down from light heavyweight, which is one seventy five. And I always feel like that's a bad move for fighters. Like if in, unless you're like tipping that scale by maybe one pound, and that's why you moved up. And you're still sitting at that one pound over. It's, I, don't, I feel like that's just a bad idea. Uh, Unless you're in your Andre early Ward, 20s. Sergey Kovalev and Adonis Stevenson are sitting on top of those belts. Are you really? Do you really want to go through them? <sighs> Not really. Not really. Not so really. it's like. Nah. Uh, now that you put it that way, yeah, I'm yeah. like. One sixty-eight's looking not that bad, right? <laughs> yeah, at so all. what? Ward went to one seventy-five. Oh, we're going back down. Okay. Yeah. Back, so yeah. it's you know stay. I understand about going down, but nah, you're. You're not going to grab a belt at when that. When you made that example, it made perfect sense at that point because I don't want to fight any of those neither, three dudes. Especially after you watch this uh, Eric Skoglin and Callum Smith fight, neither one of those guys have what it takes to yeah. even step in the ring with any of those guys. Well, Callum Smith is a guy that I've read a lot about, a lot of hype behind him, at least in the UK, and he was supposed to originally fight Anthony Durrell. Now, after watching this performance, I'm not sure how well he would have actually looked against Durrell. Right, because that's the dog right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So e either one of the derails, I don't think he would have been able to hold hold any weight towards him. So, Bo the World Boxing Super Series is off to a good start. They've had some good, interesting, action-packed fights because it, it wasn't no slow fight. The crowd was well. I don't think the UK ever boos at their fighters. Yeah. You know, unless you're losing. One of the things though that uh, that I was kind of laughing at uh, watching this. So these are two undefeated fighters. Somebody's old got to go. Callum yeah, Smith came in 22 and 0 with 17 knockouts. Eric Skoglin, uh, 26 and 0, 12 knockouts. Sucks to have your first loss at the beginning of a tournament. Yeah. Like it's, you went your whole life, you didn't lose, you're undefeated. It's like being the number you, one then, seed in the NCAA. No, dead, dead yeah. serious though. So it's just like you know, even though the seasons are a little different because it was just the yeah. quarterfinals. Mm -hmm. That's what they were saying. This is the quarterfinals or whatever. But at the beginning of you being able to get it going on to your title run, 
you lose. Yeah. You're, you're... Hey, you got to lose yourself, man. You <laughs> might only get one shot. Mm-hmm. Don't miss your chance to blow. And then at the same time is you don't, when it comes to these, these are these are just like college basketball. You're one and done. One and done. So it's you can't leave anything up there's to no chance. There's no game seven. There, yeah, there's no game seven. You don't, all right, let me recoup and mm-hmm. go back. Eric Skoglin did a lot of backing off, a lot of movement, mm-hmm. but he didn't do nothing to dictate the fight, which Callum Smith did. Callum Smith uh, brought the pe- pressure. Neither one of these guys are huge-name fighters yeah. to where... Not right, in the I'm U.S. anyways, not yeah, out not, here. Yeah, yeah, but just in the boxing, in the boxing yeah. world, unless you're actually you know, like us mm-hmm. and you're not a casual, you're not going to... Your name's not going to get you yeah. the win. You might have read Skoglin somewhere before. I think uh, the Smith family itself has gotten a lot, a little bit more attention just because of Liam Smith fighting the Canelo, Canelo, yeah. and then also with with the autism awareness as well. I've I've read articles just on that alone with them. Yeah. Um, Callum Smith is like the youngest brother who followed his brothers to the gym, and he seems to be possibly the, the better of successful. the three so far. Yeah. Well, so hey, Canelo. he's my favorite in there. I might have a little personal attachment to it. Um, but still, he's my favorite going in as far as the 168-pound division. But hats off to the WBSS. I'm loving it. I'm loving this, these, these boxing tournaments. I want to see one for 147 or at least 130 maybe. Man, you can pick, just pick a weight division. Just pick a weight division. I think it's going to have to be where somebody drops the vacant. All of it, if somebody drops a vacant mm-hmm. and vacates the belts like Canelo did, like Mayweather did, like uh, that or, Terrence Crawford did. Or big name has to make it his idea. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if uh, if Canelo decided, you know, let's do a 160-pound tournament, everyone would be Charlos would be on it. Everybody would, would jump on it quick. Yeah. You know? Um, but he's too big of a name, obviously, to do something like he that. He don't need to do something yeah, like he, that. Yeah, he's set, man. I'm pretty sure in Mexico he's got a city named after him by now. You know? And then plus, or they probably call the same, it a province. At the same time, is when you're doing, you can't have a big name doing that. If you have a big name doing that, uh, they're not going to, like a Super 6 yeah. uh, series tournament, that's not going to be on pay-per-view. No. You're not paying no. every pay-per-view, you yeah. know, three times a year just <laughs> if, to watch. If you're the big name on there, you're probably doing the commentary yeah, on exactly. the sideline. So, there. like, I'm not paying three times to watch Canelo in a year to... Fight some some to, to taxi to drivers, the, yeah. Joe Ish, the no, rag man, you know? No, I'm not doing that. Now, this was a chess match, the next <laughs> one we're going to talk about here. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders and R- Willie Monroe Jr. How did you like this fight? Because I know you love these pure boxers. Yeah. And this reminded me of, of Hot Shots Part Two, I think. You know, at the very beginning, it was like, yeah, it was a great fight. Two guys, Don King, and they were just kind of like throwing feints at each other. Or, or when uh, Charlie Sheen fought, you know, Wesley Snipes in Major League. It was just like all feints. Yeah. With- <laughs> so I was, um, I, uh, I applaud Billy Joe Saunders for the way he fought. I like anybody who brings the action. And I do like pure boxers like Willie Monroe Jr. Willie Monroe Jr. kind of disappointed me, man. I think the UK maybe being over there on that stage might have might have got to him because those fans seem like they're way more intense. And at the same time, too, he seems gun shy. Yeah, that's just super that's gun one, shy. And that's one thing that really killed me watching Willie Monroe Jr. Because you know when it's sometimes when you have a natural ability, that's gonna always take it. Circles don't die squares. We we've covered yep. that before. And he's slick. He was slick, and he has a nat- He had more natural ability as far as speed. Use that speed kills in this. In this, you could have got off first, but just Billy Joe Saunders was a little bit too more too relentless. Yeah, and then you saw a whole bunch of times where it, they both paused mm-hmm. and they just looked at each other, waiting for somebody to throw yeah, a punch. Yeah. And, and that's one like, of those things you know. where I thought he was mentally winning it because when you got two counter punchers or two boxers, somebody's got to bait, the, draw the other one in. 
And he was getting Billy Joe Saunders to come in, yeah. but could but get, he would, he just, would, just like you said, he was gun shy. Now, uh, Billy Joe Saunders landed way more meaningful shots. Uh, what do you think about the shots to the back of the head? Or the elbow that he was, the elbows that he was throwing. Well, like those weren't even, those weren't even, the check hooks that turn into the elbows. Those were just straight here. Well, see, Mayweather this, here's this has elbow. got the slick elbow because yeah. his is just a hook that and just catches. Sli- yeah, it slides, slides right all the way there. into the yeah. elbow. This one was just pure Muay Thai. Yeah, UFC, yeah. and then yeah. I love, and of course, in there apparently the it's British, legal in the UK. I I, well, this fun. The one thing is, he was just like, in, you heard the commentary say, "Oh, that's very naughty. That's very <laughs> naughty. You can't do that." I love UK commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that's what. I found myself listening to the commentary more than paying attention to the actual I feel like anytime we, we have like a bad curse word in the U.S., we got to find somebody in the U.K. to just abuse that word, to soften it up. Kind of like how they did with the C word. You know what I'm saying? They call a cigarette a fag. Or you, know? you can know um, or you can do what Dave Chappelle did, just have a pretty white girl sing everything. <laughs> so That's probably have a, a brilliant it, idea Everything right sounds great with a pretty white girl singing. That is so true. That is so, <laughs> so true. What's Mariah Carey doing right now? Is her and Nick Cannon divorced yet? Yeah, man, they've been divorced, man. Nick Cannon. Man, matter of fact, you know what? Me and my boy Talk G, about who won in divorce we, right man, there. Nick Cannon won in that Nick one. Nick right Cannon now. is winning, period, man. You know we're getting off subject here, but yeah. Nick, think about Nick Cannon's track record, man. He's had some of the baddest women Period. Bad, yeah. yeah. And what, let's look at his resume, really. What does he have? Um, while and out was okay the first season. Oh, no, I'm not talking about what he's... First of all, those are still checks. While and out's checks. Uh, America's Got Talent. I think that's what he does. Yeah, checks. as a host. Real, real Husbands of Hollywood or whatever. Oh, that's with right. Kevin Hart, yeah, yeah, yeah. he got checks. I remember and he announced fact, one HBO fight. A one of, no, and on one of the Real Husbands of Hollywood, they actually clowned him about it. And uh, he was check like, from Mariah, he's like, I got a check from, he's like, yeah, I just got a blank check from Mariah. So, you know what? And then, you know, you got Christina Milian, you got the Wild and Out Girls, Rosa Costa, you got Mariah, you married Mariah Carey. Christina Milian. Hey. One of the reasons why the American Dream is one of my favorite R&B artists and ghostwriters is because that Christina Milian pull right there. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody just go and let that marinate. Hey, if you bi- don't know who that hey, is, look it up. When we get big, who are you going after first? <sighs> Man, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to pull like a, a Catherine Zeta-Jones type. You know how she got Michael Douglas or yeah. how Ashley Kutcher got Demi Moore? Man, <laughs> I might have to try to like see if I can hopefully, – hopefully Kathy Ireland is still hot maybe or <laughs> – Man, that's a good one right there. Ooh, I don't even know. That's Rosie Perez. <laughs> Rosie Perez. It's got to be Rosie Perez. Going after. Got hey. you. Hey, you know what, man? That's why I love you, man. That's a great pick, man. That's a great pick, right? Hey. Because she is I, still bad, man. She's still bad. You're going to pull her on the show? Oh, hell yeah, because she's a boxing fan. <laughs> boxing fan. Boxing hey, fan. Representing, what is she, from Brooklyn? Yeah, somewhere in New York. I know she's at every boxing event in New York for sure, and she was probably at the Triple G and Canelo fight. Man, shout out to Rosie Perez, man. Love her still mm. after all these. Yeah, I mean, she's still, what, making money? What, she's had, like, maybe three movies? No, man, she's had way more than three movies. I'm, I'm, last time I seen her was on a guest appearance at the Cleveland show. No, and she played a Mexican in that one, so who knows? <laughs> Not even a Puerto Rican. Anyway, man, so we got Billy Joe Saunders with the unanimous decision, uh, the unanimous decision uh, beating Willie Monroe Jr. Now, how do you always, feel about... How do you feel about... I was going to say, uh, to see good two Southpaw uh, fighters. So Billy Joe Saunders, man, ended up retaining his uh, W.O. belt. And we'll see what's next for these guys. What does Billy Joe do from here? Because his ultimate goal is to unify. Um, he actually had a decent performance considering his last performance was kind of weak. But the rematch is probably going to happen first, we assume, right? 
We'll we'll get we'll, we'll get, get to there. that. Okay. We'll get to that. So um, Billy Joe, we'll, we'll put the, a pin in that number one. Number one, the number one contender uh, under WBO is David Lemieux. That actually would be a good fight. <laughs> I'm a Billy, fan of it. Billy Joe should win it. He should win it. But it depends which David Lemieux shows the, up. The WWE the David pin. Lemieux or the fit, good-looking one with the with the nice hair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With the so. pretty with the pretty comb over, slick back. Now let, let's man, let's go into this fight card. This was Christmas early. I thought it was going to be our only Christmas present was not nope. the fight card, but the main event on there. Yep. But we got more fights to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And we were talking earlier about well, let's go back to what you were saying earlier and Golden Boy and the fight card. So I mean, we had two undefeated fighters. Uh, we got Diego De La Hoya, and, uh, or should I just call him Oscar De La Hoya's cousin? That's his because first cousin because that seems to be his name for real. They. Right? That's just disrespectful, right. man. It's just I, I feel for this kid. You're a professional, and they still call you Oscar De La He Hoyas couldn't even get some kind of nickname for anything coming up. Mm-hmm. It was just hey, this is Oscar's cousin. Oscar's this yeah, is even Oscar's a little Oscar. Cousin. A little Oscar. Look, 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 Chocolatito. His is uh, his dad was what Chocolito. Yeah. And then Chocolatito. So they gave him his they gave him his own. So even if it was a remnant of your dad. Yeah. They still gave you your own. They could have called him Little Golden. Yeah, something Ooh, that's like not bad that. Right there. That's Golden actually, Junior. Yeah. Golden Junior. That's actually not bad. Hey, that's not real, a bad I, at all. I'd rather that. We, we, we go send him a tweet, man. Oscar we, De La Hoya's cousin, and they have a picture of Oscar De La Hoya the next day. Thanks, thing you know, the bell rings, and you got two guys fighting, and you don't know who the hell's who. Right. Yeah. You just heard like, he's got two Hispanics in there. Like, well, one of them's Oscar's cousin, Oscar De La Hoya's first cousin. <laughs> Hopefully, he didn't inherit any bad habits from Oscar. He, yeah. He's the one with the unanimous decision win. Yeah, and is he, this, is how you fight, that's how you find out at the end. And he worked Randy Caballero. Um, I thought it was great exchanges. Golden Boy, for one, they found the the guy with the perfect record to fight. Oscar, Diego De La Hoya right here because they found a guy with a good record with not too many names on his resume but a lot of fights in there and undefeated and he pretty much got worked by Diego De La Hoya I thought because um, it was a unanimous decision because Randy Caballero I know I've seen him fight before but when we looked at his resume before it wasn't nothing too no, no big names on there that were other Hispanics so this should be a thing for Golden Boy though because you guys got you and I'm going to blame K2 on this one as well because they promoted the fight with it. You got to get these good fight cards. Like, the Mayweather McGregor should not have a better fight card than you. Yeah. You know really what I'm saying? They I'm should not than... have a better fight card than you. And even as bad as we trashed on the Mayweather fight card, <laughs> it was still more entertaining Way than this Way more entertaining one. than so this one. It's like, that's, that, that's what even, I had wrote, written down in my notes. Even with Javante Davis, at least we had someone we could sit and make fun of during the fight. Exactly. It's better this than one, just making I bad lit- I, I literally jokes. had nothing to say about this. I was like, it's not bad, but it wasn't entertaining. So Diego De La Hoya, this is like our, what is our third, fourth time actually Third or fourth watching. time covering him. So covering him. And he, all he did was just get a good win over a guy that's got a lot of fights. Well, uh, Randy Caballero was 24-0 with 14 knockouts. So I'm saying. I mean, they found the guy with the get, perfect record. You, yeah. So, so it's like when you fight, so when you're, when you got people like us who have the show and then you're going over, he had, who, who has he fought? And you go, oh, Randy Carrillo, he was undefeated. He was 24-0 at this time when yeah. he fought him. So it looks and it sounds good. It looks great. It looks great time, on box rec. You know what I'm saying? And we're close enough to Mexico to know if you're a shining star on the come up, we'll find out about you out here at least. You know what I'm saying? We'll find out about you for sure. But I don't think anybody even in Mexico is talking about Randy Caballero. Not a fan of Diego De La Hoya. He's not impressing he's me yet. He's not impressing me. 
he should change his last name or something. Or at least maybe we should start like a Twitter poll and find a nickname for this guy. Um, I, th- I like Little Golden, man. I like Go Little Golden. Yeah, or Golden. Yeah, I like Little Golden, too. Little Golden. Little Golden. Little, little Golden or, Goose. Or uh, First Cousin. The First Cousin. Then we have Joseph Diaz, who is a guy that Golden Boy wants to... He's like what well, he's, he's a really tall and big lightweight, right? 130 yeah. pounds? Yeah, uh, featherweight, 126. But he's like six foot now. one or something six like that, right? Six foot three, I think, is what they had on him. Now, I know he had a really good-looking sister that box, but that's beside the point. I don't know why I brought that up. But he fought Rafael Rivera. Yep. Who was 25-0 and 0 with 16 knockouts. Knockouts. Uh, he, Rafael Rivera had a week's notice. Yeah. He... He was just late to the punch. He stayed in the fire, but he was outclassed and outmatched yeah, by Joseph He definitely Diaz. looked like he took the fight on short notice because they, they really had no game plan. They thought they were just going to be able to go in there. Uh, he's a younger guy, so he's probably someone who stays in shape and stays in the gym at all times, like yeah. most young fighters will do. But without the game plan, man, you're just getting a paycheck, you know? Yeah. Or if you're not like a knockout artist, you should know that you're walking in there to pretty much lose. Be, you know? To be sacrificed. I mean, we've seen... We said that being the person who comes up in a week's notice is always going to be dangerous for the simple fact that you don't know what this guy's going to bring. Yeah, you didn't train for that guy either. You didn't train for that guy. You don't know if he's orthodox. You don't know if he's southpaw, if he has power, if he has speed. What what is he bringing to the table? Also, if they got him in a week's notice, he could be fighting for anything. So he's like, hey, man, this is my shot here. Here's going to be the difference with UFC and boxing right now because if you take a fight on short notice in UFC – I would take the guy on short notice. I would make him the favorite automatically because there's so many different. Um, it's mixed martial arts. You got all the different styles of fight. Now in boxing, if it, if a fighter takes a fight on short notice, and we know that man is a big serious threat, just no fight. We're gonna po- we'll postpone it instead. Yeah. And that just kind of shows the maturity of boxing and why it's a little bit more ahead. You know. So Joseph Diaz is a guy that I know Golden Boy wants to definitely. Make him a you know make some money off him obviously and hopefully they can turn him into a world champion but no star power yet nothing nothing appealing to where if I brought up Joseph Diaz to anybody else they're gonna be like I think I worked with him before <laughs> you know Joseph Diaz yeah, yeah no, man he, he was supposed to cover my shift last week <laughs> yeah I know Joe man he's pretty cool he's I he's I now let's talk about this big one Ooh, let's get ready to rumble controversy or close decision. Triple G versus Canelo. Now, I just want to start off. You go first. I'm just going to start off by saying this. This was a great fight. Great fight. This was a great fight that was overshadowed by bad scoring. Now, check this out. So, 118-110 was a score that everybody was like, what? Yeah. What were you thinking, right? Now, just two points. If she would have had an even 116-112 or 115-113 Canelo. All right. All right. We would have heard nothing about it because it was not a shutout, right? Yeah. So, I hate to say this. Maybe maybe we shouldn't have female judges. You know what? Thank you for being sexist first because I was going to bring you. You were thinking thinking about that when I first That's what I love about me. I was just like, I was thinking about, because the last female judge with Canelo Mayweather, Mayweather, who... Mm -hmm. 114-114 draw? Who had... No. No. no that was no. a virtual shutout. And the only thing I could possibly think of comparing these two is that females are... are as, as just a species of females, they're, they're wired around emotion and feelings, right? So if you're in a pro-Canelo crowd, and this is just eliminating the possibility or option that 
she might have been persuaded towards Canelo. If you're in a pro Canelo wanna... crowd, it's easy to get caught up. Like if you see the Manny Pacquiao fight, yeah. you watch a Pacquiao fight on Filipinos, right? Yeah. They cheer on every punch, every, any, they, every they single one, whether to, it lands or not. Yeah. They're just going crazy and nuts about it. And that's kind of like what that crowd did for Canelo when he fought Mayweather and Triple G. Yeah. And and it's just that possibility because of course it's one of these things you know like you don't want to believe that your hero, you know, is is, is corrupt or anything. And it's like the sport of boxing. But the thing is. This is supposed to be unbiased, mm-hmm. like at all. And then, I, and just like you said, I can see how a crowd can persuade you. It, it, you hear it, and you're just like, maybe it is something, you, you know. But she's been a ref for a while. You can't let this. Now, you, she was actually let's, supposed to. Go ahead. She was going to be. Let's go a, over the fight. Okay. Let's go over idea. the fight first, and then we'll talk about that because there's a couple things about the scoring cards that I, I did want to go over that, I, that was brought to my attention. Now, the 114 114 scorecard, after going through it a second time, not mad at that at all. Not mad at that at all. Don't agree with it. But I can kind of see how maybe you might have leaned towards that. I When I first watched it, 116, 112 is how I had it. Triple yeah. G. But 115, 113 probably sounded perfect. So you you did have the what? 116, 112? Mm-hmm. And, and I agree, actually agreed with that. You know, if you, any of you guys seen the Facebook live feed, you know, I was a little intoxicated and off alcohol land uh, chicken. It's very, very typical. But at the same time, um, I did watch it for a second time. I had Triple G win in the fight after watching it. Like, I went for Canelo. Triple G won that fight to me. But I can see how it was a draw. Yeah. I can see. You, there, uh, the, there's an argument for a draw. But at the same time is when you're the champ. Hey, you know what's funny? I don't know if you noticed it. I didn't want to say nothing until then. Canelo not walking in with any belts. Yeah. I I saw, I saw that because remember he's not fighting for the WC belt and did he did he even have anything else for one sixty or did, was everything no. stripped right? Nope. This is just a Triple G yeah. walks in with all the belts. All the belts. He walks in with all the belts. Walked out and What do we always say? My my high, my junior high football coach, Mister Stock. I never. He's the first person I ever he ever came I ever came across that said this and. It still reigns true to this day. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Yep. Seventh, hey. eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And Canelo did not do that. You got to, yep. especially in boxing, we always say you have to take it from the champ. How did you feel about Canelo getting gassed? So okay, so this is what it is. And you know, if you, you guys been listening, to it's got to be for that muscle know, mass. And you know me, you know me. Mm-hmm. I don't like to make excuses for any fighters. If you lost, you lost. Round five, I had it, and actually watching the second time, I wrote it down. Canelo got gassed after round yeah. five. I he, think it was the weight gain. Yeah, it was jumped. the it was the weight gain. The muscle mass. The yeah. first time, and then also at the same time is I was wondering how was Canelo sparring uh-huh. because you're sparring, but that's not necessarily how you're gonna fight yeah. in the fight when the big time. Especially so, if you're dominating every sparring partner. Especially if you're dominating every sparring partner, uh-huh. then you wanted Triple G. You're not used to moving around like that. You're nope. not doing that. So and. Can Triple G, is, he's got to be one of the best at cutting off that ring. Oh, he's one of the best at cutting off that ring. As far as I know. And can Canelo take a punch? Can, Canelo and Triple G can't be knocked out. I'm coming at, it's impossible for yeah. those guys getting knocked out. Like, you gotta, both you, of those guys felt You got to go old school fire. and you, have that little, got, the billy club and sneak up behind him and knock him out. And even then, it's just like, you, you may have to snuff him twice yeah, just to make just sure. In just in case. While they're down, case. just one but more But at the boom. same time, Triple G got robbed. I can see I can see the draw, but what 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 do we make in a decision? What do we 
you reward the aggressor. I'm not going to say Triple G landed more meaningful shots because I actually think Canelo had like a couple punches ahead. Uh, the last the few rounds, there were some great, exciting exchanges. It, it really was. I had Canelo win in the last couple rounds. I, I had win him like the, the 10th and rounds. 11th. 10, 10 the 11, 12th could have went either way. Um, Nine could have went either way, but I leaned towards Triple G on there. Even when Canelo was gassed, his head movement's insane. So, I, I'm upset that especially a lot of these pages and uh, that cover this fight, they're like, all right, what's next for Canelo? What's next for Triple G? What the hell you mean, what's next? Oh, Rematch. This? Yeah. Like, there, there is no other, Ooh. hey, Miguel Cotto's looking to fight. No, Ooh. this needs to be settled, man. Yeah. It's draws and ties. First of all, it's not American. No. We, we don't. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about, this is America. Uh, yeah. Back-to-back world world champs. That's right. World war champs. Undefeated. Undefeated. That world we wars. Don't, we don't do ties. Mm-hmm. We don't do draws. And then you you have that has to be settled. It's the first thing. If we're one on one on anything, look, I worked at Comcast before. <laughs> there was a ping pong table in there. Hey, prison we, tennis. Hey, hey. Wow, that's, that's horrible. So yeah. look, look, we be in there. All right, if the game's tied up, hey, break's almost over. It's tied up. Yeah. We'll risk being late to figure out who won who this. Won like that's yeah. it doesn't matter. Like all the consequences yeah. are out the it door. It has to be settled. And, and that's what you used to use. It'd be like, why are you guys late? Man, it was tied. Yeah, you got you look, you can't this ain't Rochambeau. You nope. can't rock, paper, scissors this. Nope. You gotta sit it has to be definitive and it has to be settled. Second place is first loser. That's right. If you ain't first or last, man. This needs to this needs to be settled. But I kind of how do you feel? I feel like Triple G there's nothing more Triple G wants in life than a Gotti Ward fight. Because he's not gonna get it. I don't think um, it's he's a, not gonna get it no, with anybody. He's got an iron chin and he just keeps coming. But that was still a really great fight. It was still a really great fight. I still fight. got Anthony Joshua Klitschko probably fight of the year right yeah, now. Fight of the year right now. That's easily yeah. the that's that's number one because those guys stood in the those good both those guys stood in the fire. Now the thing about it is is how many times have I said uh, Mayweather is Canelo's best loss. He learns the Definitely. most. A lot of remnants of Mayweather looking like. The, yeah. Not necessarily running, but moving. The and, head and movement. Head, the head movement. He looked good out there. And the thing is, that's how you fight Triple G, and that's how you beat him. Yeah. Because he had enough. The He's going to corner round, you. Yeah. The first four rounds, Canelo spent a lot of time. I think he probably used a lot of his energy just moving. so focused on moving and outboxing him. Yeah. And it caught up with him pretty quick. It did. So I think walking around, if he stays around 160, walking around like that, and then just being able to fight and just get used to that, like if they do fight like Cinco de Mayo or something like that, because nah. they're in negotiations now. But if you give him more time at that weight, I can mm-hmm. see him I can see him do it. Because he had a perfect game plan. Because he had enough power to keep Triple G off of him. And he's so smart. And he's he learned smart. so he's fast. Smart. Yeah. Triple G... He has power and he has conditioning. Mm-hmm. He's not as smart. And an not, iron he's chin. Not in an iron chin. He's not smarter than Canelo. Nope. He's not a better boxer than nope. Canelo. And I'm not making excuses. Canelo Triple G is a fight. great boxer. You guys listen to me. He's, Canelo's a great boxer. Yeah. Triple G is a great boxer as well. But as far as talent, he's not better than yeah. Canelo. But Canelo gave this fight away to me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I agree 100%. He gave away the fight. And I think it, I think the fight was lost in training camp with sparring and, and that weight mass. They, I don't, they, they didn't expect him to gas out like that near the end. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's – I didn't even pick that up until the second time I watched the fight. It's just your sparring is going to be a lot different mm-hmm. than what it is in the ring. You're not – 
your sparring partners aren't Triple G. No, they're not. And you have to approach them as they are Triple yeah. G, but nobody's... But even as you do that, and you say, I'm going to move around the whole... You're still not scared of the power. You're scared yeah. of the, each other's power. But once they felt each other's power, I think they both know that they can both take the punches, yeah. too. Yeah. So. And it was good, too, because it was, it was interesting near the end of the round when Triple G landed some clean punches on Canelo, and he kind of just stood there and looked at him, right? And vice versa, too. Mm -hmm. so there was one time in the ninth round, I, Canelo landed a left to the body that I thought hurt Triple G, and he didn't even notice it because he had to take a step back, shrug it off, and just came, just kept coming forward. Triple G is a savage. Oh, and you know what? This fight bro. made me like him a lot more. more right? A lot more. So yeah. pound for pound, nobody's moving. Nobody's moving. <laughs> no, nobody's um, moving. You're going to probably have to take the stuffing out of your gloves to beat down Triple G, and even then you still would be the underground. Yeah, man, because Triple G has that that Koto in him. Like, he's not going down. Now let's talk about the judge, Adelaide Bird, right? Yeah. She's supposed to. She is no. She's supposed to judge UFC 216. You say you say she was married to. She's married to Robert, Robert Bird. Bird. Now, Robert, Robert Bird is a guy that. I thought he did a good job with the Mayweather-McGregor fight by letting yep. them fight, even though he probably let, he let a lot of stuff slide with low blows there. Now, the boxing historian I learned from uh, my father is not a fan of Robert Byrd. Um, he had nothing but bad things to say about him because <clears throat> he remembers watching him in the 80s letting a lot of stuff slide where he would seem as a possible corrupt official. Now, if you're a corrupt referee, the only thing you can really do is let low blow side or maybe stop Could a fight too early like Major Taylor Chavez. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, right? Because you, you don't have too much control because you're right there in the ring with everybody else. Now, the fact that he happened to be fight, he was a ref on the same fight card for this Joseph Diaz fight, and she was a judge on there. Um, it's amazing. It's just amazing how that works out. And right, he got paid 25000 for that Mayweather McGregor fight, by the way. And I don't know how to look at this. I don't want to say it's corruption. Now, this is boxing. This is Vegas. No. There's no sport more corrupted ever in the history of, uh, in just the history of sports probably than uh, uh -huh. boxing yeah. and combat sports. But you would assume in 2017 we should be past that, right? So what do we do? Do we blame the, the shadow figure of mafioso and corruption or do we blame the female and the feelings and just females shouldn't judge boxing? I hate to say that because I might come across someone like uh, the the miners the coal miners daughter Chrissy Martin and she might as, put hands on you and, you know I I'd, I'd have to fight her back you know what I'm saying I, and, and, and then what? I would not I'll... be the favorite in that one at all <laughs> at all I'm still gonna blame. I'd it have on to the turn corrupt. into a dude and try to talk her down. Hey, girl, I'm gonna blame it on the corruption, just how I blamed it on the corruption when it came to Triple G versus Daddy Jacobs. I was like, no matter what, Triple G Daddy, has to win. Triple G has to win. Uh, Canelo uh, Chavez Jr. Canelo has to win, yep. even though it was decided. Because the thing is, it's all about the money. Yeah. And they're gonna make a lot of money on this if this this potential rematch comes. Brendan up. Brendan Shaw from Fighter and the Kid uh, told Joe Rogan before the fight. He said. Uh, if he said he said he he said he would put money on it that if Triple G won a dominating decision, um, or, or looked like he dominated the win, he was gonna get robbed on it. Um, just because if, if if it was a if it went down as a dominating win, there's no rematch. Yeah. You know what I'm there's no point of the rematch. But it was a close, great fight, and Canelo is so smart. He's got to be the favorite going in, is right? Who would you rate the favorite? Triple G. Triple G. Yeah. The, because the thing is, me and you, we're pretty unbiased unless it's Chico Corrales. Yeah. We're pretty, <laughs> we're pretty unbiased pretty much, unless yeah. it's, it's But 
we both had Triple G win in that yeah. fight. So majority, anybody, of, people majority of the people would have Triple G win in that fight. Now, we talked about the scorecards. One of the things is uh, I came across. These are the past Canelo scorecards for some of his t- <laughs> from his toughest fights. You know, we had this 110-118 uh, Golovkin, 119-109 Cotto. That was a lot closer. Yeah. That was a lot closer. That was a cl- lot closer, closer than, than that, that one. I remember that. I thought Canelo dominated most of that, but it was a lot closer There's than no that. Way it's he disres- had on my it's, nine, a, yeah. it's a disrespect. It's not even just saying, oh, he didn't win by that. It's a disrespect to the other person who yeah. gave his heart and soul out there yeah. in that ring. Uh 117, 111 Lara. That, that might was, have been that was yeah, his closest yeah. fight. That could have been his closest fight. I had him beat Laura by one or two rounds at the most. Exactly. I remember I was watching that at my boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, our boy J Rock's house. Yeah. We was watching it over there, and then he was like, "Ayo, car." He was like, "Ayo, shooter, man, your boy." I don't know if he won that fight, and I'm looking at him like, "I don't know, I don't yeah. know either." I mean, so that one, uh, one fourteen, one fourteen, the Mayweather fight, yeah. and then one eighteen, one oh nine, Austin, Austin Trout. Trout. Mm, yeah, that was another close fight where I had Canelo winning by two. Two rounds at the most because he knocked him down. And that's when you really saw Canelo's head movement. And yeah. this is when he was still a kid. Because he looked like... I didn't realize how much a, how much of a... That he looked like a kid in that Mayweather fight. Until, until we had see, this. Yeah. This. Until seeing him in that Triple G Canelo. Because he's definitely got his man body. He's, what, 25? Yeah. yeah. And that's about as prime as it gets for a man. I mean, your car insurance went down, I'm saying. You can you can rent a car. You know what I'm saying? Well, in his, in his case, I guess, his horse insurance since he lives on a ranch in Mexico. Do you think he has guards around his house like wearing paper bags? Canelo, like right? Sicario? Yeah. I would. I would do it just because. Mm-hmm. Even if it's I like had no you're ties. A belo- you're a beloved figure. Mm-hmm. I like the look. I like the ambiance. It makes me feel comfortable. Because if you're just walking by, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to take the chance on it. The thing know? about it is you're a champ, but you're, you still are five foot seven, 160 pounds. Right. Man. So you're <laughs> a beast, though. He's still a beast. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, here's a rich man, poor man for you. Like American robbers, they'll get a mask of like the president of the United States. Yeah, Mexico, they just grab a paper bag from the grocery store, cut some holes in it. Man, you know what, man? <laughs> when it comes to those, man, sometimes you don't reinvent the wheel. <laughs> go on with your ski mask away. That's right, that's right. I but, mean, um, but walking into this fight, the one thing that uh, they brought across the screen that I, I liked, um, we had the highest jab percentage person in Triple G versus the highest body percentage puncher versus Canelo. And that is out of all boxers. That's crazy. Ain't that crazy? That's you know, crazy, that middleweights yeah. are, you know, when you say high jabs, you're thinking more of smaller weights. Smaller weight One, classes. 147 like and down. Yeah. 126, 130 even. And then body punches, you know. That, that's about right for that's body punches, about, yeah. yeah. But that was crazy just to watch, though, because Canelo, it shows both of these guys can't be broken down. Well, Billy, Billy Joe and Willie Monroe was a chess match, C-H-E-S-S. This was a chess match, C-H-E-S-T, because they fought in each other's chest. And I thought Triple G won the fight, of course. Triple G won the fight, but uh, he didn't win, Canelo the, he didn't win the war. Canelo promised us a Mexican fight style. I don't think he understands what Mexican fighting style is. Nah, because Canelo's a pure boxer. He's a, he's a natural he's counter a, puncher. He's a boxer puncher. And then you got you to gotta own that, and yeah. which he did for the first part. I think it's He's been doing it so long you can't retrain it, too, because if you turn pro at 15 years old, you're, and yeah, you, you're going to become a counter puncher. Circles don't die square. That's right. So that's you, right. You're not going to change exactly who you are. You're going to fight. The, 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 the you comes out. The person who you are as a person is going to come out. 
exactly why I thought McGregor made Mayweather fight because his last 49 fights proved different. But we're not talking about that anymore. Let's talk about... So I brought up how Triple G, will, he'll never get his Mexican-style fight. He's never going to get his Gotti Ward moment, no brawl, no Castillo Corrales. Is there anybody that can give that to him, you think? The only person who did was Daniel Jacobs. Yeah. And even, who, fought, who fought better, Daniel Jacobs or Canelo versus Triple G? Daniel Jacobs, because he made it ugly. He yeah. made it ugly. And I feel like after hearing all the comments from Triple G, how he said you know, if he took out Daniel Jacobs early, he wouldn't get the Canelo fight. And I think that's half true until they realized they had a live dog in there that big. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and they almost lost it in the later rounds if it wasn't for that knockdown. Because that fight could have went either way, man. I had Jacobs winning by one or two rounds, personally. You know? I thought, uh, you know what, I couldn't even look at that fight biased, unbiased, yeah. be just because I knew the outcome already, man. It's just like it's just like when you watch a scary movie and somebody already told you the ending of it or what's going to go out, and you're just like, yeah, I already kind of yeah. know what's going to And that's crazy because J- if Daniel Jacobs fought the better fight, who had the better game plan, though? Daniel Jacobs? Daniel Jacobs had the better game plan just yeah. because of weight, period. Yeah, he, like, he, he was just a big I love how he skipped person. that way in the next yeah, day. I it, love that. I called it. That was so yeah, great. It was it genius. Is, huh? But as far as a rematch, I think as far as a rematch, I give Canelo a way better chance than Daniel Jacobs in. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Because we saw how smart Canelo was. And can and, be and, and slipped all those punches. And even when he was t- gassed, he was yeah. still slipping punches. So because he was gassed in round five, just like I'd said. But at the same time. That's probably the best thing about having that ability to slip punches because it's just head movement, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Side to side. And then it's because it's your feet are and your it's feet are re- failing you yeah. at that moment, you know? And it's a reflex. There's a. That's one of the things I always liked about boxing. There was this catch and counter thing, and it's literally just purely off reflex. If certain person, if a certain person throws a punch one way, there's only so many different ways that you can move off that. So then it's just muscle memory, on top of that. Now they're gonna be fighting on Cinco de Mayweather, for the rematches. What looks like the targeted date? If you're Triple G in your camp, do you try to get a fight outside Las Vegas, or this is still probably the best venue for it? Vegas is still the best venue. It's the Mecca boxing. It's the Mecca boxing. That's right. That's right. Now, some more great news for 2017. Yeah. This is turning For all the boxing I've seen in my lifetime, this is definitely becoming one of the best years ever in boxing. Yeah, because we're we're starting to see... And then we're starting to see... The matchups. The matchups. The names. Everybody's O's got to go. Said it many, many, many times. Mayweather has just held boxing just hostage. under the hostage. hostage and then man. so we're getting more and more to the point where it's just like, let's make these interest, let's make all these fights happen. And then bar and he's been bad out the- scorecards. Yeah, boxing's been great. And as as the longer Mayweather's out the game, the better. The less is. that fighters care about that undefeated record. You know for what I'm real, saying? For real. Undefeated, Deontay Wilder. Yes. Like 28 wins, 27 knockouts, and he's fighting King Kong. Luis Ortiz, Ortiz. man. It's not often you get a Cuban heavyweight who's just a straight brawler with power. You know, I, I've never seen him fight as an amateur, so I would only assume he has that Cuban-style boxing. Who, who do you think is more feared, Luis Ortiz or Deontay Wilder? Today. Probably Luis Ortiz, as far as feared. Show no, he's, he has yet to show any weakness. At all. I've seen more weakness in Deontay Wilder. We've seen Deontay yeah. Wilder just get out box, yep. get out class, 
and then his power takes over Just and he's catching you. It, he he has that Deontay Wilder has that X factor. That one Luis punch. Ortiz doesn't really have power, that X yeah. factor, but he can grind it out and it boxes you, you yeah. until you know you, you, you fall wear it down. or yeah, yeah, or you, you run down. the whole time like uh, Malik Scott. So, but this is a great fight. I'm glad. I'm proud of Deontay Wilder for for taking this fight. He had to. He had to, and it might not even be the best decision considering that it, no tune up from his last fight, right? No. No time because he what he tore his bicep or something with the last fight, right? Yeah, with um. Who did he fight? Oh, Chris Ariola. That's right. He tore his bicep, and that's when we saw his jab. No, he fought Gerald Washington that's before right. okay. Chris Ariola. And that was uh, the second time we saw him kind of losing to a boxer until he just catches him, right? Luis Ortiz, I don't know if this is a guy he could knock out because he's, he's, he's a monster, man. I don't think Luis uh, I've seen uh, kind of like what I said about Canelo. I've seen Deontay Wilder more brawls than Luis Ortiz. Mm. So I'd see Deontay Wilder as the favorite Fair, just because yeah. he's been tested more. And that, man, that right hand is destructive. Devastating. It's destructive. Because Deontay Wilder is a man who really had no amateur background. He walked away with a bronze medal in the mm-hmm. Olympics from just this pure, from well, bringing the ruckus. Well, bring the well, ruckus. ruckus. No, but that's what happens when you're 6'7 and you're 250 or whatever. Right. And you're just, you're you're a football player with <laughs> from Alabama. power from Alabama, man. Yeah. He's just got that raw. That's all they produce there is football players, right? Basically, Roll Tide. Charles Barkley. <laughs> Charles Barkley. Yeah, so. yeah we got uh, we over here to your right. We have Roll Tide and football history, and we get then Deontay Wilder and Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. So, I'm actually happy to see this because we got Deontay Wilder at 38 and 0 with 37 knockouts, and we got Lewis Ortiz at 27 and 0 with 23 knockouts. So. And Deontay Wilder is right now is on a crash collision course for but Anthony Joshua. These are two guys that have like. Nine over a ninety percent knockout ratio. Uh, even a little bit higher than that too. It was like, would you be disappointed if their fight went past three rounds? No, because I wasn't. I wasn't disappointed when Klitschko and Joshua went past three rounds. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was if a- they go past, and the thing is, these neither one of those. Well, Anthony Joshua's more of a boxer, yeah. but Deontay Wilder doesn't have it in him to go past three rounds if he's fighting somebody like that. Because Anthony Joshua. Will, when that fight is made, that could be a fight where class tells over time. Yeah, it will. You know, that's definitely. Now let's talk about the Tin Man. One of our Tin Man runner reps, Chavez Jr. Chavez Jr. He announced that he's looking. It looks like he's going to fight Anthony Durrell, the dog, um, in November. I wonder how that's going to work because Anthony Durrell's been fighting at 168, so he's got to be moving up to 175, or they're trying to catch Chavez Jr. at a catch weight. Chavez Jr. got enough money. He don't need to take a catch weight unless he's fighting like Canelo again, right? This is going to be a crazy fight because he's already a tin man to me, right? No heart. Yeah. Anthony Durrell, too, is a guy, though. His, the, just the, the two brothers. I don't know if it's with everything going on in Flint, Michigan, but these are two guys that I think have a skill set that haven't lived up to their expectation. Well, if we're... I'm going to give Anthony Durrell the nod. Over Chavez Jr. because right. he's just been. I think you could take out Chavez Jr. Dead serious, man. So like, Sakio Bika, Badu Jack, Marco Antonio Ooh. Rubio, Caleb Trox. Those Trax. are good names. Yeah, uh, I mean, those Anthony, are all good names. Anthony Durrell has more of the pedigree to win this fight, and I just I have lost all respect in any category for Chavez, Chavez Jr. Jr. Yeah. He's just not. He didn't even at least try to die on his shield. The thing is. 
how are you a shell of how are you a shell of a shell of yourself? Like, <laughs> the like, shell like, of a shell. How are you a yeah. shell of a shell of yourself? It's like you're not even as good as what you're supposed to could be. Be like, you're like, not even, I, can't even, I can't even explain that. It's just like. You're, like, you're not even you're, as good as the urban legend. You don't even yeah. you don't even show me the potential that you could be better. Yeah. It's just like it's crazy because as his career goes on, all it does is prove to me more how when Sergio Martinez had his belt stripped from him and given to Chavez Jr. If I'm on the parole board and Chavez Jr. <laughs> came to me, wait, which which side down, of that, which side are you sitting at this parole board? I'm on I'm on the parole board. Okay, okay. Um, so I get the grant whether you have parole or not. And Chavez Jr. sits down and he gives me a spill about how he's reformed and how he's a better person, how he's going to... I wouldn't even hear it. No, I would just no. give him the red stamp of denied parole. I'd give and it to the women that are going to drug him later. <laughs> I'm giving you the nod and you're going back into prison. That's right. Because I don't feel like it's your no, reform. No. I feel like you're the same person who I think you, you are. You get in there this is like and, those serial and fight killers Wesley Snipes yeah. or Bing Rames. <laughs> <laughs> See, if it was a, if it was one of those, if he was on the Undisputed Four, I would watch that. I think no, we might be like, on to something. Chavez Jr. maybe should give up boxing and just start doing B Mex- Mexican B movies straight he to DVD. He should. He'd probably make way more money and, and get a little bit more respect too. You know what I'm saying? That's for sure. That's actually genius. I'm gonna hit him up later. I, I, I can send it to him in Spanish. You're su- but the thing is, you're such a failure in your dad's eyes and in the Mexican people's eyes. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. You. I'm like, what? No, no, not yeah, you, t- not you. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm the favorite. <laughs> anyway, but like, I think he is very, he's such a disappointment, man. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I'm tired of going over about how yeah. he's one of the and most And this is one of those things he's... because this is, it's kind of, it's, it's, even if, if you go deep enough, it's probably his dad's fault for not letting him have an amateur, like, type. Uh, he has no amateur background. He didn't even decide he wanted to be a pro boxer until 18. And of course, he had, he grew up with boxing, but never, actually training for fights it was just while your dad's training we're going to show you technique and have you hit the pads but we're never going to really prepare you you know so he had he kind of got he had everything handed to him from from birth you know so there's this book which everybody who's went to jail or prison who i who i seen called uh, uh, the Quran. no no 48 laws of power everybody's read that i don't know if you heard that it's by robert green sounds actually, like a porno it, yeah yeah there's I read, a parody of it i read uh I read probably about a good thirty percent of it. It's actually pretty good. A lot oh, of was stuff that for is your two days in county. <laughs> Three. Three. <laughs> nah, but um, <laughs> it had a lot of stuff in there that was really great. It was common sense though. But one of the things that they said is just like you never really want to follow in a great man's footsteps. Mm. You kind of want to create your own path because if you don't live up to the expectations, no matter how right. good you are, you're shout out be to Ken failure. Norton Jr. Yeah, so, <laughs> so. I mean, but those are very rare instances. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you got Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah. You got Chris Eubank Jr. So, I mean, it's very rare that that happens. You got to create your own pathway. If I'm Michael Jordan's son. We brought this actually yeah. up on another on oh, another episode. Yeah. Who, which junior had it worse? Yeah. If you're Michael Jordan's son, if you're Chavez Jr.'s son, teach me the game yeah. on how to make money outside exactly. of boxing. Yeah. Don't let me go in there because, like. Let me become a promoter or at least just try to get me into a different sport. Yeah, no, Ping dead, pong, no, dead cricket, serious. Anything. Because Soccer. even if you look at even if, look at look at Diego Chavez. Yeah. I mean Diego, um, Diego De La Hoya. Yeah. He's still called and this a, and that's a cousin. Yeah, that's a cousin. That's his first cousin. You're called De- Oscar De La Hoya's cousin. Oscar De La Hoya has gone through gender roles, <laughs> and and a career of boxing, and now you're his first cousin who's like 21. You know what I'm saying? How many brothers and sisters does this boy have for one? 
Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, but you need to teach him. You need to teach somebody outside the game. Like teach him. <laughs> teach him to promote him. Teach him the inside business or whatever. But don't have him following the same exact footsteps, especially if you're too great like that. Yeah. Like you're talking about. You're talking about who's on, who's on the Mexican route? Mount Rushmore: Pancho Villa, Jose Cuervo. <laughs> Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. and <laughs> <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez. Uh, and then, and then, like, <laughs> I was like, going to say the dude who put the worm in the tequila, whoever that was. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I got to brush up on my Mexican history. I'm, I don't I don't know too uh, much, but Speedy that's who that's who's on my Mexican Mount Rushmore. Speedy Gonzalez is one of the most racist cartoon characters ever created. Dude, man, that's, but it's all so the cartoon funny. characters are racist. Oh, everything man. for Looney Tunes was awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyway, if you so, ever if you ever see a Looney Tunes DVD, it starts off great because it starts off with Whoopi Goldberg just talking about how racist this show is about to become. But it's a part of American history. We can't change American history because this is the only way to learn. Just oh, like, that like, was genius. Just like racism, you can't change American yeah. history. Hey, racism, it's bad and and good because yeah, we would have never, hey, never got the Chappelle show. Stop! Stop! Hey, we would have never got the Chappelle show without it. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> what else you got for us, man? All right, what was it here? I, I was trying to look up all them famous juniors. Uh, Michael Conlon, he's fighting this weekend coming up. Um, it's on a really big top-ranked fight card. Um, they're probably only going to televise two of those fights on there. So I just want to bring up Michael Conlon fighting just because he's one of my favorite fights. He liked one of my tweets recently because he tweeted out a picture of him and uh, Bob Arum flipping yep. off the camera. It was like it was like rapper style, so they're flipping upwards to the sky. And I tweeted out, I was like, just Star power. You could already see it, and he automatically liked it. I like sweet. Sweet. Good. That's cool, because he's not too famous yet. Not not too famous yet. So, I mean, he's only got, what, three three fights under his belt? Now, uh, Felix Verdejo's on this fight card, but he's fighting. It's not going to be televised. I'm not even sure who he's fighting. But for what's televised, we got Genesis... Cervania versus Oscar Valdez. Cervania. Now we all know who Oscar Valdez is. You sure do. Who's Genesis my, Probably my favorite feather, featherweight fighter. Now was this guy named after the game console or the old band of Phil Collins? Because I don't think Genesis is a Spanish name. I'm going to say Sega because... Got to be Sega. You got to be Sega Genesis. Be, just based on age, right? Just based on age. And so versus the WBO champion, Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez should be uh, Genesis Cervania is uh, the number four contender. This is 130 WBO. pounds? This is 126, featherweight. Okay. featherweight, yeah. So, and we just had, who, who's coming up? Joseph Joseph Diaz Jr. just fought, who was number one under there. And then, uh, but yeah, this is guy's number four. So I'm still, I haven't seen nothing on him or any film Honestly, didn't really want to look it up. I wasn't too worried about looking it up, too, because this is one of those things where this is how we even find out about you, because you were ranked in that top ten, and you're getting your shot because, for whatever reason, ranked number three, two, and one just weren't available, or you weren't trying to make those fights. One of those two things. Um, but it's an opportunity. It's a shot. This is your chance. This is, this is, you got to lose yourself. This could be your one chance to blow. You know What so, are you going to do with it? at the same time, is though, Genesis Cervania is 29-0. and 0. How old is he? With uh, 12 knockouts. He's 26. Oh, he's so young. Okay. So he's still young. But Oscar Valdez, is he's good. He's, he's really good. He's really good. And then Oscar Valdez is... I don't think Oscar Valdez yet has been really they're tested. Both tw- they're both 26 years old. He hasn't really been tested. Well, no. Miguel Mariaga okay. was the one that he was... Uh, 
tested, and then we had the we fight sh- between was- uh, before that was Hero Siege Asawa. Yeah, we covered that, but he ended up uh, getting the knockout, the TKO versus Asawa. But Miguel Mariaga, that was the one unanimous decision, and the first time he ever looked like he wasn't superhuman. Yeah. So, and what we saw what Lomachenko did to Mariaga. Yeah. That was crazy. But Oscar Valdez is... Which is it, the same reason why we say nobody... The only thing I'm worried about with Oscar Valdez that. is that it, being under top rank. Because Bob Arum, is this man going to live forever? Is he actually Walt Disney and we don't know it? I think he drinks the blood of virgins. It's got, he's got to. Because um, he's like 85 and still walking around doing daily business like it's nothing. Coherent talking. He's got to be a clone. He's probably died like at least 10 years ago or something. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. But he knows he, he inspired De La Hoya and Mayweather to become promoters because they learned the fight game from this man. So is he, he could possibly hurt Oscar Valdez's career because I, he can't make another Manny Pacquiao. He has Terrence Crawford, but what is he going to do with it? Now let's talk about Gilberto Ramirez because that's another guy that could fall into the same thing. This is a skilled fighter at, I want to say, 154 pounds. Hold on, I didn't even put it up. Just one second. Versus Jesse Hart. Yep, Jesse Hart is an undefeated fighter we talked about last week. Jesse. Jesse Hard work. The Anvil Nightheart. Oh, sorry, uh, wrong sport. It's all right. Yeah, thirty-five and zero. The Hart Foundation. What you know about that? With twenty-four knockouts. Ooh, nice. Southpaw, man. This nice. Is actually, this is actually probably going to be a really good fight. Is Jesse though. Hart American by chance? Yes, he is. Yeah, USA, USA. Gilberto Ramirez is a special fighter. He's really, really good. Is it one fifty four? Was I right or one sixty? Uh, super, super middleweight. So one sixty eight. One sixty eight. Wow, man. So that's another big Mexican, right? Yep. Just so, like Benavidez. Yep. So. so they're fighting for the WBO super middleweight title. Ooh, one sixty eight starting to look really, really good. One sixty eight. We've uh, we've covered them a lot. Actually, we just talked about last week indir- with Sweet Hands. So, yeah, Caleb Sweethands plant, though, but, you know, we already talked about how David Benavidez, Callum Smith had just got mm-hmm. the money. Anthony Durrell's coming up, Chris Eubank Jr. we went over. And the only thing we don't know really yet is, are these fighters this good and we're recognizing them? Or is it because Andre Ward's no longer in that division, and now they're not all Everybody. basically, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the one thing I do like about this, Gilberto Ramirez, he's uh, Jesse Hart is the number one contender for uh, the WBO, so... I'm, I always like when it's just like the next man up or the best fight mm-hmm. possible, so it's great. Hey, kudos to Bob Arum, top rank, because they're, they finally believe in Al Heyman's formula, We're trying to get it back to prime time, back in the public eye, and this is an opportunity that he's doing with ESPN. Hopefully ESPN won't mess it up for us uh, with their track record in boxing. Now, after that, we have Rigsard, you know, Richard Schaefer, the old uh, CEO of Golden Boy has his first real fight card going on with uh, Nodina Daenerys on it. We also have uh, Latif Coyote. Um, if you don't know who Latif Coyote is, uh, he lost Antonio Tarver when he had banned substance. And another guy, Dimitri, I can't even pronounce your last name, something Soviet Union-ish. <laughs> now we have two heavyweight contenders, one heavyweight contender and one champ. The WBO champ, Joseph Parker. We don't know if he's really a legit champ. Not sure if Hughie Fury is legit. But one of these guys, whoever wins, unfortunately for these guys, your next fight after this one is going to be against either Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder. Maybe you guys should just have a draw and split the round 6-6 six, six, 
and just fight each other. So hopefully by then, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder are fought after that. Now should, Je- now, should Joseph Parker, if he goes to win, just maybe do, like I said with Jeff Horn, just stay in New Zealand? Hey, you got to come here, bro, because I guarantee you they're probably going to make more money in New Zealand. Well, the thing about it is, even if oh, they the UK, do, actually. even if they don't get, even if they don't get like Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder or something like that in the meantime, they still got uh, Kubrat Pulev, who mm. we just covered, just fought Dominic Brazil, Jarrell Miller, mm. so big baby, yeah, big baby. Yeah. So you, I mean, Alexander Provotkin, Provotkin, he's in there. Dylan White, I mean, some of these guys are still. Dylan White there, is, so. is on the come up, man. He's he's on the come up right now. Um, yeah, that's some good names in there. I want to see what Joseph Parker got. Um, he's confident. He's got fast hands for a heavyweight, and he looks good when he fights. Good style. Now, the biggest fight that's going on is going to be on HBO this weekend. Um, Antonio Orozco and Roberto Ortiz is going to be the first fight on this card. But the main event is what's most intriguing. Now, Antonio Orozco is a good up-and-comer. We're going to see a lot more of him. But I want to talk more about that main event. Jorge Linares versus Luke Campbell. I think Jorge Linares is is a great champion that is kind of fallen by the wayside. I I believe because he has a European promoter with Eddie Hearn. He's built his record mostly through Venezuela and the UK, but he's good. He's really good. He really is. um, Two back-to-back wins, unanimous decision. He made the million-dollar man look like a half dollar. So whenever I hear Luke Campbell, first of all, I, I don't I don't yeah I'm thinking Luke I'm thinking right? nasty Luke okay, yeah. like I'm thinking scar yeah, yeah. Miso horny right uh, Miso yeah. horny oh Miso like, like yeah. literally that's so when, whenever I hear Luke Campbell I'm just like why is he fighting him man why well that's how you know this mayor, guy's from like the, the UK mayor, right yeah well I was like why is he fighting the mayor of Miami man <laughs> it's all about is he the mayor of Miami the, huh is Luke Campbell the mayor of Miami man, basically man right. he's right. like a, what do you he's call those right. uh, he's like a diplomat the like, Don he's the, he's the he's the one who <laughs> say when you're Miami like Christopher Walken in the rundown he's like him and uh, Trick Daddy those are those are the kings of Miami <laughs> you mean man. Reverend Trick Daddy <laughs> that's horrible I, I hope he doesn't go by Reverend or no it's I'm sorry he's a pastor not a Reverend that's right but I think Jorge Linares at 130 pounds, I think he's going to work Luke Campbell. And I think this is a guy that probably as far as at this weight class has the best possibility of, of beating Lomachenko or at least giving him a tougher fight. Um, we're unsure how Rigano is going to do with that size difference. But I think Jorge Linares gets overlooked. He has three losses, but the way he's made, the, at least the, what I've seen recently... He made top fighters look pedigree, look simple. You know what I'm saying? Just look basic. Like Anthony Crowley. That's what happens when you can box. Yeah. And he's slick with it. And he's smart in the ring. He, he, he doesn't have that big special X factor like Lomachenko does. But I think this is a guy that whose name needs to be start, start. We need to start mentioning him and Lomachenko. And I think he should pursue the winner of December 9th, Lomachenko and Rigadow. How do you feel? I, I I like that. I'm a fan of that. So he ain't, he's not going to be able to fight uh, Reagan. Well, he could he in could. a catchweight, but it's not going to be as huge as that. Yeah, as we get closer but, to that one, I'm unsure who's going to win the Lomachenko Reagan Dow fight. Mm-hmm. And that's super featherweight. They're fighting at 130, not yeah. lightweight. Now, as we get ready to close out your power hour of pure entertainment for the sweet science, how would you feel if Reagan Lomachenko ended in a draw? I would actually, if you would have told me which one has a higher percentage of being a draw, I would pick that one being a draw because I can see both of these guys neutralizing each other's punches. Mm. So I 
if it's a pure boxy match, which I see it's going to be, then yeah. This is going to be a that, that's definitely going to be a battle of the brains, and I can't wait to talk about it a little bit more. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook.com forward slash Squared Circle 101. Christmas isn't over yet. We still got more fights to look forward to. This is turning into a great year of boxing. Boxing's dead. Psh, win. That's what I'm saying. Make sure you download that Squared Circle app and tell your friends about it. Tell your family members about it. It's available in Google Play and iTunes. Make sure you hit us up. And don't forget about Patriots Legacy. That's the, as for our wounded vets. It's for actually the children of the wounded vets out there. And then once that website's up and running, we'll give more shout-outs to that. And make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. Give us some feedback on SquaredCircle101 at Gmail. Or talk a little smack to us on Twitter. Now, what was that checklist again? Is the, it The cost bag? of success. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the cost of success. Success. It's late nights, early mornings, very few friends, being misunderstood, feeling overwhelmed, questioning your sanity, and being your own cheerleader. Yeah, I was way off. I would say the cost of sex is usually by the hour. And it depends on where you're going. Is it tax deductible? We don't know. But make sure you tune in next week, and we will see you then. See you.